I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, November 21st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals, we're going to talk about this further down in today's episode, but the World Cup kicked off yesterday with Ecuador defeating Qatar 2-0, which brings us to our fact of the day. Canada has a 37% chance to advance to the round of 16 in the World Cup, according to 538's forecast. And their favorite to win the whole thing, well, it goes in this order, Brazil, Spain, France, Argentina, and Portugal. Canada kicks off their play on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, and I'll say this, don't be too surprised if we shock the world by beating the number two ranked seed. We've got Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Tejon Buchanan. This is a great team that's already defied the odds by even getting to this point, finishing top of CONCACAF. And so Peak Pals, like I said, don't be too surprised. Anyways, let's go Canada and Peak Pals. We hope you get the chance to tune in on Wednesday. So here's what we've got for you in today's episode. For our first story, Twitter is still a train wreck. For our second story, Qatar is a controversial World Cup host. And for our last story, Ticketmaster is under fire. For our first story, if you log onto Twitter these days, the vibe is akin to what we imagined being on the deck that Titanic was like, you know, right after it hit the iceberg. So here's what's happening. After Captain Musk imposed a deadline for Twitter employees to commit to being hardcore or resign, up to 1,200 people chose the latter. Now, a private employee Slack channel was flooded, we're keeping the ship puns going, with blue hearts and saluting emojis, a bid farewell to the company. Now, Musk temporarily closed offices and called a meeting for people who, quote unquote, actually write software, while tweeting about all-time high usage and generally making light of the whole situation. Now, this is a pretty big deal because several former and current employees told The Verge that so many key people have left that they expect the platform to start breaking down. Now, the surge in use from the World Cup's Opening matches this week could push Twitter to its limits without teams handling things as basic and essential as user traffic. Prominent accounts have been bidding adieu with a sense that nobody would be surprised if Twitter suddenly stopped working and invaluable documents of modern history were lost. But some employees don't agree with the apocalyptic assessment of others, and Musk is confident that, quote unquote, the best people are staying to man the ship. And here's the bottom line. With this recent exodus, Twitter 2.0, it's here. Maybe it'll work out in the end, but in case you're worried, you should consider taking a look at how to download your Twitter archive. For our second story, Qatar spent $300 billion, roughly 6.8 Twitters on the World Cup, making it the most expensive FIFA contest ever. But it all comes with a catch. Spending big will pay off in international clout, but it's still a lot of money. And here's what it's going to look like. Now, some 1.2 million football fans, that's European football, are heading to Qatar for the cup, which kicked off on Sunday, like we talked about, and is going to have a number of matches running throughout the next few weeks. Fans can't drink beers during games, but they can enjoy Qatar's newly built infrastructure like stadiums, malls, roads, and even a subway. And it matters because the World Cup Qatar is the biggest example we've seen of sports diplomacy or sports washing. That is, a country trying to boost its image on the world stage through the power of grown adults sweatily running around a field. Now, even if the event goes without a hitch, the run-up was plagued with stories from the deaths of migrant labor workers to the persecution of LGBTQ plus people. And how Qatar got this gig has also come into question as accusations of FIFA officials who have a track record of corruption, accepting bribes, well, that piles up. And so let's zoom out. This is just one example of a broader push from Middle Eastern nations looking to change foreign perceptions and promote tourism which has been pegged as a key priority to lessen their economic dependency on oil. But 
Sporting event researchers told the Globe and Mail that the positive economic effects on tourism that come from hosting mega tournaments like this are also questionable at best. For our third story, a disastrous pre-sale of tickets for Taylor Swift's upcoming tour has landed Ticketmaster and its parent company Live Nation in hot water with an army of Swifties and only a slightly more powerful force, the U.S. Justice Department. Now let's get you caught up on this strange story. So Ticketmaster systems were unable to handle the traffic they received when pre-sale tickets for Swift's upcoming shows went on sale last week. This caused the whole website and app to crash for many users. Ticketmaster then canceled the public ticket sale entirely, leaving disappointed fans to buy tickets at heavily marked up prices on resale markets. Now, Swift blasted Ticketmaster for failing to prepare for the demand, saying she had been assured by the company that they could handle a big spike in traffic. Enter the U.S. Justice Department, which announced that it is investigating whether Ticketmaster's owner, Live Nation Entertainment, has broken antitrust laws and engaged in anti-competitive practices to crush rivals. Live Nation merged with Ticketmaster in 2010 to create a powerhouse that controls 70% of the market for live event ticketing. Critics argue that Live Nation's dominance over live events allows it to charge customers exorbitant fees and bully artists and venues who don't use the Ticketmaster platform. And here's why it matters. The U.S. Justice Department has taken a tougher line on antitrust cases in recent years, blocking a number of major mergers and acquisitions. There's a real chance the Taylor Swift fiasco leads them to break up Ticketmaster and Live Nation outright, a decision that would have a seismic shift in the live events business. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And Peak Pals, go Canada!